Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Going for the Green Daily Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. I am joined by Colin Drew. We are breaking down the Valero Texas Open. And uh, if you guys enjoyed the event at Corrales last weekend, this is the perfect follow-up for you as one Mr. Jordan Spieth is the favorite in the betting markets this week. Absolutely shocking to see Spieth at 11-1. to Pretty hilarious. Um, I know we were talking like the Honda Classic was pretty weak. Then you have the WGC, kind of a weird bracket style tournament. Obviously, I thought it was really fun to make lineups for DFS. It wasn't quite as fun on the weekend when, yeah, you know, didn't have the strongest final foursome or whatever. Um, and then you got this event, but it's all good, man. We got the Masters next week. If, if we get too tired of talking about the the depth of this field, we can always jump into Augusta a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and this course it's going to play, at least there'll be a lot of scoring there. Like uh, there are, it's par 72 when the conditions are calm, dudes are able to just score at will at this golf course basically is, uh, is how it works. I know in the past they wanted, they wanted this event to play yeah. like a master's tune up, but it, it, it just doesn't work. Right. It just, no. it, it, in, in practicality, it just doesn't work because of the way um, that the course is set up. It's just more wide open basically. Yeah. I would, I mean, Augusta obviously really wide open and like underrated bombers track, but um, I'd say that's kind of the only similarity. If you look at the course fit, data viz, uh, it does underweight driving accuracy. So you can definitely spray it a little bit and get away with it, but it doesn't emphasize driving distance, which Augusta definitely does. So yeah, I mean, it, it should be fine as far as weak field DFS events go, there should be some scoring. You always have to keep your eye on weather and wind for these Texas events. And so that's something, you know, make sure you're looking at on Wednesday in case stuff pops up, but I don't know, there's like what, four or five guys that you're like excited about rostering. And then yeah, it gets away from you pretty quickly. Yeah. So here at the top, the five most expensive guys, Finau, Spieth, Scotty, Hideki, uh, I mean, this is just a clear jam Scotty spot, right? This is uh, oh, yeah. the, and he's from Texas too, right? That's uh yeah, it's just, it's just jam Scotty week. I mean, it, I will probably just play single entry and three max this week. So I'll have a hundred percent of him, but if I was in MME, I would, I would consider like an egregious amount of Scheffler. Cause I'm not trying to play speed. Obviously I think Hideki is pretty busted as well. I don't, why is Hideki even playing this? So, like, seriously, what's the deal? Like, it's, I don't I'm get it. Trying to figure out his way to get his swing fixed. I mean, it's been bad. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, like, in this weak field, he's still, like, if you just look at your date numbers, he's, like, outside the top 20 in strokes gained, which is not what you expect from Hideki. So... I don't know. I wanted to talk to you about speeds because I know you're a little you're a little bit more of an artist sometimes as far as yeah. players you like, players you don't like. And speeds, I do think, is a compelling case. Obviously, anytime he shows any signs of form, it's it's tempting to like want him to be back. And you know, maybe back doesn't mean a top five player in the world, but it could mean a really strong golfer. And you know, speeds since the year turned, he has been gaining strokes. T to green, you know, plus one point four six strokes game per round. T to green. He, about a quarter um, of that is on, or sorry, a quarter of that is on, like short game, but a lot of that is on approach. So he is second in this field as far as strokes gained, adjusted strokes gained, adjusted for field strength since the year turned. And like, 
I feel like it, it warrants a boost above kind of the overall approach with data golf and maybe not to be the favorite of the tournament, but definitely in consideration. I mean, look, Spieth, T9, T48, T4, T15, T3, T4. Like, I mean, if you are, if you're a Spieth guy, you could make the argument that Jordan Spieth has displayed better skill in strong fields than Finau ever has, than Scheffler ever has, than Hideki ever has, that he is a little bit more of an artist. Yeah, you know, Jordan, Jordan Golf is, you know, bombing 30-foot putts, getting lucky bounces. Like, his high-end finishes are so much better than anything Abraham Answer has ever done. And, you know, you could maybe, maybe you could even, if you were wanting to be charitable, you could argue, oh, Jordan plays like Bryson, where all he cares about is the high end finishes. He only, he only wants to win, or his, his style of golf maybe doesn't make him look great from a stroke gain baseline, but is more conducive to winning. I don't know if I'm buying these things as I'm saying them, but they're arguments you could conceivably make. And I think, you know, that's especially for subscribers to Daily Roto who are listening to this. I I do think I'll boost Spieth above our baselines and the projections. Might not make him the favorite, but he's probably going to be up there. And especially like this week when I go to MME FanDuel, I mean, you definitely get top heavy builds in most fields, but especially in these fields that kind of lack depth. And so, um, I think that's the play I'm going to make. And I agree. I mean, I like Finau a bit overpriced, definitely like Scheffler a lot, but not overly excited about Matsuyama and obviously DJ withdrawing, you know, changed the event entirely because he would have been like six to one, seven to one or whatever to win. Yeah, he, he definitely changed. Uh, I, I wish I would have made my bets yesterday before, um, he, he withdrew, but I, I did not. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep fighting on. So the next range of guys, this is where, I mean, you know, Finau, Spieth, Scotty, Hideki, these are our world-class golfers, but we have one Mr. Corey Connors coming through with a spicy projection he's and an ownership. Awesome. Pro- he's been great. Um, and he's priced at 6,900 next week at Augusta. Yeah. I mean, what is, what is, if he finishes third this week, looks great doing it. I mean, his, his ownership uh, next week at Augusta is going to be insane, but I, 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 I'll say this. I would rather play Corey Connors for 9,500 at the hit and giggle than here uh, for sure. I I'd rather, or, or I would rather play him here at the hit and giggle than at 6,900 next week yeah yeah i'll probably be tempted to both if we're being a little bit honest there but um yeah there's some interesting punts next week as well but in this field specifically i, I do think connor's is worth it and he's been the second best player in this field t to green um and so i think it's deserved i would say the one thing we've seen with connor's is we're getting a pretty good run from him with the putter like actually gaining a quarter of a stroke with the putter on the year and we know that's likely to to go by the wayside at some point. Um, but I do think that this is a field where, you know, you're getting a decent price on him. If you're looking to build one of those balanced lines, I'd probably still prefer to like spend on Scheffler if, if I had to make a choice. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with those guys. Yeah. I, I think that makes some, um, I think that makes a, a good amount of sense. Tringali, he's always a guy that data golf likes. He's never won on the PGA Tour. I was looking at his official world golf ranking this morning. Literally never won. It'd be I, hilarious if this was the win. I can't believe we you didn't even talk about Domin getting the win. Take hey, My guy, but well, I didn't play him. I played freaking bet Luke Liss and played Luke Liss and used oh, Luke no. Liss and won it done. How I just so disappointing. That was so cool, it was, I mean, it, very cool for him uh, to get the win. The bucket apple is away, the PGA Tour. Uh, lots of promoted tweets for our guy, Joel Damon this week. It was, it was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Love to see that. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think in that like next year, like answer Connor's kind of the higher end. Those were the guys I was most interested in. Um, Trigelli's fine. I just I don't have anything like overly enthusiastic to say about him one way or the other. I usually play him at or slightly below where the projections have him, and usually that means some exposure. But yeah, I think like this field definitely feels like one where you you want to get exposure towards this like top end, kind of like Connor's and above, um, because you're you're not getting like a ton of value like out of like Charlie Hoffman, Brendan Steele, like Matt Kuchar, there are kind of red flags associated with each one of them. You're not getting a, a kind of like long-term body of work out of them. You're kind of buying into some short-term stuff with Hoffman or, you know, ball striking the steel, but I'd rather pay out for the, the quality golfers, I think, this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that a, uh, a barbell strategy this week of kind of just really focusing on these high-end guys and like an MME, I think you could create a rule like uh, at least two of you know, Spieth, Scheffler, Hideki, Answer, Connors, Tringali, Steele, Kucher, Siwoo, yeah. and then and then just kind of wheel around uh, the other cheap guys. I, I, I And obviously, you'd probably make your group a little bit narrower than that instead of scattershotting, but I, I like that as a, a strategy for MME this week. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the next two guys that kind of jumped out to me as potential targets weren't like the low end of the 9K, but kind of the upper end of the 8K. So, um, I was at least a little bit interested in both Cameron Davis and Chris Kirk, um, who kind of stand out when looking at their top 20 odds um, relative to the pricing. Uh, just like a little bit of value to them opposed to the lower 8K golfers. And both of them have been playing really strong T to green. They're both kind of guys that rostered on and off throughout the start of the year. And um, so those were two of the guys I would prefer over going with like Hoffman, Steele, Kucher. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Um, all right, elephant in the room, Ricky Fowler, eighty one hundred in the dust field. I mean, look, if you're never play, if you're not playing him here, just x him out of your pool forever. You'll never play him again. How bad is it, man? It's I, I'm playing him, dude. Like, just like I, I think I feel like I almost have to. Just if only for if only for our boy Corey. I mean, this has got to be this has got to be the spot uh, to get him in and single. Some, and I mean, his projected players. ownership so low. Some players that are hitting the ball better than Ricky Fowler this year include <laughs> everyone: Roger Sloan, Scott Stallings, Lanto Griffin, Doug Gibbs. Oh. So it's it's pretty tough scenes for sure for Fowler. Yeah, I mean, just so brutal for him. I mean, so Joel I, Damon. What do we think about Damon coming off the win? <laughs> he basically was like, "I'm celebrating like this is the last one I'm ever going to have on tour." Like, I think that was a direct quote. He said, "Hopefully, there will be a couple more in my career, but I'm going to celebrate like this is the last." So. I'm thinking that we're not getting a, a big body of practice work from Joel coming into this week. And um, maybe he'll be riding the the fields all the way to the, to Sunday. But I, I think biggest, I mean, the best value, I think is Sam Burns at 8,000, but just got to like, I'm assuming it's pretty early in the week. I'm assuming he's going to carry pretty heavy ownership. And that's just the one thing you're going to have to wrestle with. If you want to roster Sam Burns. Yeah. Uh, I'm not you interested in Sam no, 15%. It, just good rule of thumb, any guy below 8,000, if their ownership percentage is double digits, just they're not, they cannot possibly be a good play. Just figured, uh, well, we're flipping roles then here on this podcast because I'm interested in jamming the young talent and you're looking at the, the washed up pivot play. <laughs> You know, uh, as 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 time goes on, we learn, we improve, our our games get a little sharper. I mean, I just am not as in the weeds with golf this year, like outside of tracking my guys. So when I come down to make my lineups, like I'm trying to get, 
I mean, a lot of times I'm trying to get cumulative ownership of my single entry and three max teams, like under 70%, just because I, I just want to have pretty clean sweats and I don't want to be aligned with the field. Now, that being said, Harold Varner III is projected a double, dip, double, double digit ownership percentage. And I'm like, dude, show me a Harold Varner course, right? Like par, loads of par fives. No one's really going to be trying like, like no elite talent is here. Like this is just the most HV three birdie course of all time. Fair. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think all that's fair. The, you know, down here, you're definitely getting, it's interesting because you have a couple of the younger guys and you kind of have like the, the washed prospects and you got like Ryan Moore, Charles Howell in there. And I think both those guys are, are fine values. You're probably right purely from a math perspective, like grabbing those guys at fractional ownership amounts compared to Sam Burns and even HB3 um, probably does make sense. I know like when I ran my initial opto settings, how will we have projected like five or 6% ownership and I was getting like 15 or 20% of him. That's probably, you know, that's probably the right way to play it from a leverage perspective. Yeah. What about uh, former major winner, Gary Woodland price down here at 7,600, a, a Ricky Fowler esque uh, destruction of form. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh, definitely really tough with Woodland. I think, you know, we did see a little bit out of him, um, but I think one of the things, I mean, especially like this course is in a course where accuracy is rewarded and like, he just continues to lose boatloads of strokes off the tee and he's just not like playing aggressive enough. So I'm not really interested in that type of profile. Um, there, there are other pivots here. Um, I guess the chalk play, I think at 7,600 will probably be Sebastian Munoz just cause he's been a pretty yeah. popular value play and he's been playing well. Um, I don't know how much people are going to kind of read into match play, but like he was solid enough in the match play as well. I'm personally not really weighing match play too much, just given the volatility of it overall. Yeah, and again, double-digit ownership percentages under 8K, unless I say that it's okay, don't play them. And I'm giving you, <laughs> I'm giving you the clear on Harold Varner the third. Uh, you want to cape up for Phil? Any interest in caping up for for the old arthritic man? Uh, I, I don't know. So it's. I mean, it's, it feels like total fish brain, but I was like wondering whether or not I can play Phil some next week, but I don't think at 7,500 in this field, I'm that interested. Whereas like as like 6,500, whatever he is at Augusta, it like crossed my mind a little bit. I mean, you can play Phil in showdown. Phil's great for showdown because the, uh, the triple bogeys just, uh, they don't earn as bad in showdown, yeah. but you yeah. still get, you still get the birdies. Ben uh, Ons, I like one of the guys I think is a pretty jam. good play this week. Yeah. Um, we, got, we have him at, a little below 20% T20 odds, um, but he's like 2%, 3% ownership. And that feels like a pretty good play. I know his like recent numbers, especially if you look at like the players where he logged like 18 water balls or whatever, um, they're not great, but I think the ball striking with him is usually still pretty solid. And if he's not going to be rostered, that's the guy I'm looking to play. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. Also, EVR. Uh, right next to somehow popular Sam Ryder. I mean, I just I'm just gonna write EVR all the way down to zero. He's like he's like a, a cratering top shot moment. I'll just write it. I'll just write it until there is uh is no there any other top shot moment that's not cratering. It's hard to say. I can't even check the evaluate dot market. It's two tiltings. Yeah, the the two guys that I think betting markets are suggesting as the best values kind of seventy three hundred and below. 
Doug Gim and Sepp Straka, both with like between 22 and 24% T20 odds. Both those guys are showing up as solid plays in the data golf work too, that we have at Daily Roto. Gim is particularly popular. And I think that's a combination of like tout mentions, but also if you look in that range, his ball striking and T to green performance has been, you know, clearly the, the best since the calendar flipped. And so I think that's another guy that is a good play and I'll probably play some, but I'll probably end up under the field and you just want to make sure that you're not putting six guys like that into your lineup. Yeah. Um, all right. Who else here is playable? Uh, obviously our boy Mick Putts. We're, we've placed the feelers out um, for Mick Putts to, uh, to come on the take cast. So I hope we get to, I hope we get to do that soon. Noted putting wizard, uh, Henrik Norlander uh matthew neesmith young guy i i do is norlander a putting wizard yeah (laughs) well i don't i don't know (laughs) i don't know if he i don't know if he is a putting wizard but he is a guy who was running super hot putting for a long time i mean nelson would be like you need 60 600 rounds of putting about you know whatever but he was a putting wizard for a while i don't know if he actually is uh, a putting wizard uh noted texan tom hoagie 7,000 absolute jam season. Okay. Luke, this is an event that I normally would want to play Luke list, but he withdrew with vertigo last week at Corrales. I mean, does that just make him, you can't, you can't possibly, well, I don't know what's like, like, what even is vert? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's definitely like, I haven't had real vertigo, but it is like, I mean, essentially like dizziness. Yeah. So, I mean, right here at 7K, Tom Hoagie, Russell Knox, Cameron Champ, Luke List. That I mean, that looks like a core of 7K guys who can all grind out their T28 pretty solidly. Um, what is Furick doing playing here? Obviously, the uh, the data golf projections are big fans of Nick Taylor. They always are higher on him than the market. But I mean, a, a, a par... 72 course, not where I'm wanting to break out old man Furyk, but I just am always kind of drawn to his name. Yeah. I'm not interested in Furyk this week. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Like I've just have no idea at your, at his like stage of the career, what you're motivated by week to week, but I don't think he's a great DFS play. definitely doesn't have a ton of upside. Um, agree with some of the names you said. Adam Long was one of the guys that was going to toss in that mix. And um, yeah, this range is where it starts to get to the point where you're not like, you're not really excited about any of them. The guys I would consider, um, I think like Cam Champ, Nick Taylor, Roy Sabatini, yeah. kind of like Champ the, seems like a, a good hashtag course fit. Just let him bomb wanna, it yeah, out. I definitely want to play him next week too. So yeah, there you go. Well, is he in next week for sure? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure either. Uh, just very bizarre. Brant Snedeker, super weak field, 6,600. How the Titans fall. You hate to see it. Um, all right. You got any other plays or you want to go to betting? No, I got no other plays this week. Nobody, um, nobody I'm overly excited about. I think Akshay Bashia, um, is another one of those hyped prospect guys who can, who can launch it. So I don't know. I'm like a little bit intrigued by him, but, um, not going to get carried away. So DJ withdrawing just wrecked the betting market. Yeah. Just killed it. Yeah. Like, I wasn't around when he withdrew this time. I don't know what time it was at, but the last time he did it was at night and you could just get yeah. everything right. It away. was early. It was early Monday morning. So yeah. they pulled. So Scotty is 15 to one. Hideki is 19 to one. 
Finau's 13. The the numbers that Data Golf has as bettable are guys you would never bet, like guys like Tringali, guys like Charles Howell. Munoz, I think you could bet. Um, Shank, I think you could bet. Champ, I think you could bet. Nick Taylor, I think you could bet. But these are uh, very low conveyance numbers, right? Like you just 150 to one. The EV suggests like he should be, you know, 120 to one. These are just not conveying all that often. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like the prices for like all the long shot guys got left the same, but then they just slashed all the prices of guys who were like top 10. Um, so I definitely agree with you. It doesn't seem like a great week. I think Munoz it's, it's, at 90 to one was probably the, the one deeper guy that jumped out to me, but yeah. And maybe, maybe champ at 140 to one. Um, those were guys, I mean, yeah, those were guys I'm somewhat interested in. Yeah, I'm gonna book champ. I'll, I'll book champ right now. I mean, what what do I have to lose? And I'll probably I'll probably donate my Lucas dollars again. You know, it, it seems like uh, just so the vertigo here. is something you can definitely fix. Like there's like head yes. drills and things like that. So if he like tees up, uh, I think he could still play him. Yeah. So I'm gonna play Lucas. I'm gonna bet Lucas, and I'm gonna bet champ here. Uh, let's just continue the, the, the trail of tears of my one and done season, just getting sloshed in one and done this year. It has been brutal, man. I just so miserable. So, uh, do you, before, before I even say anything, do you have any thoughts on picks this week? Uh, Scheffler. Yeah. Beef like you're you're still trying to stay within most people are still trying to stay within like top 40 players in the world so scheffler spieth were two of the guys and then Corey connors was one of the other guys um i i don't think you have to go especially unless you're just totally dusted i don't it just doesn't seem like chasing 80 to one guy is worth it yeah i i'm totally dusted so i'm gonna take oh connors is gonna be you know what i'm gonna take fee now because he has already been selected by a ton of people in the big yeah. male one. He's already been used by like 50% of people. I'm taking fee now in our one, uh, in our one and done with the daily Roto subscribers. I'm going to take someone weird. I wish Will Zalatoris was playing this week. I'd take him. Uh, maybe I'll take, yeah, I gotta, I gotta do something weird. I'm literally in last place. I'm literally in last place. Like dude. That. <laughs> well, cause it's, it's a compounding thing, right? Cause once you're behind, you're more likely to fall further behind because you have less to gain from taking, you know, DJ Hideki, Rom, you know, you, you, and yeah, so it's just, it's terrible. So uh, it's, it's terrible, but super excited for Augusta. We're either going to have Nelson or our friend constant color up uh, on the show next week. Someone who is, is really out there uh, grinding in the streets. So we have that to look forward to. And uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Everyone, dailyroto.com, all of the PGA DFS needs. We got the optimizer. We got the, uh, we got the betting tools, finish probabilities, uh, the matchup tool, which uh, was pretty, pretty nice last week. Um, yeah, it's all, it's all good stuff. All right, we'll be back next week.